Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of pots for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. You don't need a garden these days to produce fruit and veg. You can grow edibles from containers in your own home. Today, I'll be speaking to Chris Spanton from Vegetalis, a company that's been specialised in breeding for pot and container growing for a decade now. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast. Perfect weather last weekend for the Royal Horticultural Society's Hyde Hall Flower Show. Boy, it's a great place. Easy access, easy parking, plenty of space and thousands of people spread out. Children rolling down grass slopes, families picnicking and thousands passing through the floral fantasia that we have planted up there with over a hundred new summer flowering plants. Boy, but the cabbage white caterpillars are making their presence known too. And I've been in touch with Julian Ives of Dragonfly. He has a new biological answer. We'll hear more from him next week. And I can't wait to see that control being put in place. I'm told that uh, Christmas tree sales in Britain are up 112% ahead of Brexit. So there's a bit of good news, hey? Home production being encouraged by the fear of Brexit. At the um, game fair at Hatfield House, I went there because Cable Manor College had built what they believe is the biggest show garden ever, and it was enormous. Goodness, what a job that was to do. Mini vineyard, herbaceous borders, a great big water feature. There was pretty well everything there. But in conversation, I met Angela and Gertz Karp, who are soil scientists at Rothamsted. They were very interesting. Gertz is using X-ray from satellite to measure and map soils. It's unbelievable what they can do these days. And he was explaining that the lighter sandy soils, for example, up in Norfolk and the start to the Fens, they warm much quicker than the soil in Hertfordshire and Essex, the heavy clays, because they sort of sit wet and the temperature doesn't rise as quickly. And as a result, growth in spring is slower and yield is a little less. And of course, if we put plenty of uh, well-rotted manure and compost into our soils, then we open them up, make them more free-draining and darken their colour. And of course, that improves them. And if you do improve them, then they can be really heavy yielding. I must do my best to get into Rothamsted. You know, they've got uh, trial plots there uh, set up by John Law. 
the fertiliser grew 176 years ago. But on their newer site in Bury St Edmunds, they're looking at uh, how the soil will be affected with modern and future systems of farming. Much more attention is being directed at soils. I'm pleased to hear that. Having gardened on heavy clay, I know that if you treat them well, they can really yield well. But if you mistreat them, boy, they're hard work. There's a continuing sales from Wyvale Garden Centres, a Blue Diamond, for example. I'm told they went into it. Well, it's, it's a rumour, I suppose. They went into a meeting recently to buy two more of the Wyvale Centres and came out with six. Mind boggles at that sort of thought. Uh, uh, Long Acres have increased their number of garden centres to five, having bought my local centre, Springfield Garden Centre, uh, at Chelmsford. I would think they'll shake that up. It'd be very interesting to see what happens. Maidenhair Aquatics, they've bought the Parr Garden Centre in Cornwall. So things keep changing. And it's not just Wyvale. B&M are planning a garden centre on a former home base at Ipswich. There's going to be some changes and some competition by the look of things. But on garden centres, bulbs are starting to arrive. And I have to tell you that uh, if you're looking at bulbs, particularly at the early part of delivery, you'd be well advised to go to the small bulbs first. The really little tiny bulbs can dry out quite quickly in garden centre atmospheres. And and I'm thinking particularly of things like snowdrops, aconites, the really tiny miniature narcissus, uh, dog's tooth violet, those kinds of things. If you're going to make purchases, go in that direction first. I'm told there's a good tulip crop this year. But if you're looking at tulips, and there's plenty of time, you can plant those from September right through to December. Always go for the top size in any given cultivar. If you buy really big bulbs, then you'll get the biggest and the best flowers next spring and a much better chance of them coming up every year. A listener is concerned about pests and diseases of damson and cherries. She shouldn't worry too much about damsons. They're pretty tough. You know, you even find them growing in hedgerows. So they should be pretty well self-sufficient. Although both uh, damsons and cherries uh, can get attacked by aphid. uh, And you'll see the young shoots and leaves crinkling up. uh, If you can get uh, any kind of greenfly control onto them at that stage then it will help. It's not going to kill the trees, but it's certainly going to check growth if you have a really big infection. On cherries, there's of course the uh, new fruit moth larvae that's becoming quite a problem. In fact, uh, I'm told it's wiping out cherry production in parts of France. But gardeners uh, do have a means of control. If you get a tube of uh, very fine mesh... Enviromesh is a a good standard brand. And if you slip a sleeve of that over the branches as soon as the fruit is set, then that stops the moth laying its eggs on the fruit and you'll have clean fruits. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Our guest today, as uh, those of you listening last week will realize, is Mr. Chris Spanton. Uh, and he's the product manager for Vegetalis. Uh, I've known that company for a long time, based up in Norfolk, and they're uh, world-renowned, really, for growing compact fruits and vegetables. Chris, how long have you been with uh, Vegetalis and uh, your sister company, Floranova? Uh, In total, Peter, uh, I've been around uh, 15 years now, uh, this is my second uh, time with the company, so specialising with vegetalis for the last uh, four years. Now, I find it really difficult to know where to start. I mean, you have a really extensive range of uh, fruits and vegetables from seed to suit a pot and patio growing, don't you? That's right, Peter. Our, our target market for the plant breeding was... Uh, began probably back in the late 1980s to produce dwarf uh, vegetables that were suitable for the consumer and ideally uh, uh, to fit the, the patio market, which was all evolving at that time. I mean, it couldn't be more useful now, could it, with gardens getting smaller and so many people growing stuff, as we heard last week, in the veg truck and in raised beds. Exactly. There's lots of opportunities now there for the consumer uh, home gardener to to have a few products uh, on their patio and and make use of products like the veg truck. Um, you know we have a, a wide range of capsicums and peppers and and tomatoes all ideally suited. Well, now if we start with tomatoes, which is probably the most popular homegrown summer crop, if I've checked through your list correctly, you've got twelve different kinds. Yeah, and that's the tip of the iceberg really compared to probably what's available out there in the in the wider market that commercial growers are using yeah. we have varieties that are suitable for hanging baskets we have very dwarf varieties um, we also have um, those that have got good disease resistance in them now and and then we've got the, the traditional what's called indeterminate in other words self-climbing uh, varieties similar to perhaps your your uh, listeners will know from the days of Ulster Craig and Shirley Tomato and Gardener's Delight, those sort of types. And in that group, what is your lead variety, do you think? Well, traditionally, our lead variety was a determinate variety, which uh, hopefully a lot of people will recognise the name called Totem, which is self-branching and would mature at a height of about 60, 70 centimetres. So we're talking about two foot to three foot, I suppose, in old money. Um, that has a traditional tomato size on it. 
and is a very reliable performer in the garden. But more recently, last year, we introduced a variety called Summer Last, identical in, in fruit size and, and habit to the totem, but it has this added benefit of some disease resistance, and this being um, a resistance to Phytophthora infestans, which is um, a form of late blight, which is such a nuisance to the home gardener. Yes, quite honestly, if you don't grow varieties that have that blight-resistant gene outside, your chances of uh, losing all the crop from about two or three weeks' time is almost inevitable, isn't it? Yes, yeah, I've seen it at Vegetalis in Norfolk that I've gone away on the Monday, I've walked through the trial in middle of August and I've come back on the Wednesday or Thursday of that same week and the trial is absolutely ravaged by by the disease just at the time when everybody's looking to harvest the fruit just as it's turning ripe. Yeah. And, with, and within a couple of weeks the whole plant is totally dead really. Yeah. And, and and the conditions that uh, we've had late July, early August, reasonably warm, and then showery and wet weather get high humidity. I mean, it's just asking for the spread of disease, isn't it? Yeah, those are, those are classic symptoms: moisture and humidity. Um, you know, along with the heat, just just will go through it, through them uh, like uh, nobody's business. Yeah. But you still see some signs of it with with summer last. Um, I saw a few lesions on the leaves and brown markings uh, and the occasional mark on the fruit, but generally it is 90% free of it and it doesn't destroy the plant as they used to. be a wonderful introduction. But for those people growing the very small kinds in pots, if you keep them under cover so the leaves stay dry, then, of course, you avoid the disease. That's right, yeah. If you've got somewhere, yeah, like, or a greenhouse, yeah, you've got a lot better chance of avoiding those issues. And if you want bigger fruit, uh, what's your megabyte like? Um, well, it, it, as he says in the word, it's a, a mega-sized fruit. It's in between a um, beef eater and, and a traditional tomato. So um, it will produce less fruit, but they're bigger fruits, so more suited to go and perhaps in a roll or in a in a a burger or something like that if you want to use it as salad dressing. Well, then if we move on to the pepper family, sweet and hot, your list is, again, really formidable. Guide us through it a bit. I mean, should I grow Basket of Fire? Well, Basket of Fire was bred at Foxley at our location in England, and it is one of the most superb varieties we've got. It is so uniform. It is mound-forming, and it produces hundreds and hundreds of little chilies that probably range from one to two inches long. They are very pleasing on the eye to look at it, so it's got an ornamental sort of look about it, multicoloured. They're purple, they're lime green and red. And then they've got, got a, a sort of a medium to sort of a high heat within them. To me, that's a high heat, but to some people it's probably not. But they've certainly got that, that chilly heat, if, if that's what people would like. And if you grow that in a pot and brought it indoors before the frost in October, I mean, it would grow right through the winter. Well, can grow all the year round, can't it? Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, certainly well up to Christmas. I've seen them in stores, um, you know, well-known uh, department stores like M&S and people like that having uh, chilies in offer in November and December in pots. If you aim for a pot that's not too 
massive, but something like uh, nine to, to twelve inches. So it would sit in the in the windowsill and must get some light, you know, to keep yeah. it going. Well, uh, all of these summer frost tender crops need sunlight, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah very much. For natural light is a must. Now, what about fruits that are um, not quite so hot and a little sweeter? I mean, uh, you've got longhorn. Uh, what's that? Oh no, that's a hot pepper, isn't it? Yeah, that's a hot pepper. It's uh, it's more. It's got more of a novelty factor. It's traditionally red when it's mature, starts off green, and it's and it's got a big curve on the end, like a bit like a a cow's horn or a lot, you know the horns of an animal. So, and it's a bit more vigorous than than uh, the other chilies, and it's of medium heat. Well, that's fun. But it's got a lot chunkier. It's again about it can be five to six inches long. Animal. I'm making a note here. Animal horn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I I really first became acquainted with the vegetalis range with red skin. I think. I mean, that's yeah. that's a variety which should be pretty well known. Yeah. Um, you've hit the nail on the head there with the sweet peppers. Add, add to that tomato totem and then the chili Apache were the three varieties that started it all off for vegetalis and have got very good uh, name in the trade. Um, you know, I saw them for sale recently in B&Q in, in a, in a nine-inch pot or um, looking really nice in sort of part, part fruit on them. So the red skin... As his name says, is red in colour. We've got a, a more recent introduction called Liberty Bell, which is a orange fruited variety. Um, we've aimed to improve it with bigger fruit, more boxier shape than than the old uh, red skin, and he's got some added value of disease resistance in there to help help against any any diseases that that, that may be going going out there for it. But both again developed. Really, you know, for flavour, for sweetness, we, we measure the, the sweet flavour in, in tomatoes and in sweet peppers with a, 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 a refactor, which is going to give it a Brix rating. Well, that pink drama so, you mentioned, I mean, that's got a Brix rating of 10, hasn't it? That's right, yeah. Breeders tell me it's very difficult to get high Brix ratings on dwarf tomatoes, but the traditional tomato, like the pink charmer, um, yeah, you get it into double figures. Yeah. And that's all part of our breeding and selection process. Well, now we've got some colourful peppers, you know, uh, yellows, reds, the different coloured tomatoes. But if I want to to get a really good uh, vegetable mix or fruit and vegetable mix, I need aubergine. And again, you've got some good colours in in compact aubergine. Ratatouille, that's the word I was fighting for. Uh, Pun. You don't hear that word mentioned much, do you? I suppose it's gone out of fashion, ratatouille, uh, a bit. But perhaps it's given well, I am an old man out name. of fashion, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm closely behind you, I think. <laughs> so what have we got in aubergine? I mean, there's a kind I see called pot black yeah. that also has the name jackpot. Why does it have two names? Uh, it has two names for marketing reasons, one in, in the USA and uh, uh, one in, in Europe. We have to apply for all the vegetables for to be national registered, so basically to stop us copying somebody's variety uh, and pirating, if you like. So it has to all go through a, a naming process and what they call DUNS to check it's distinct, uniform, and stable, uh, and then the name is approved. And on that occasion, we had to give it two names because 
the European Union wouldn't give it the same, wouldn't allow the same name as it had been launched within the US market. And so what's it known as in the States? Which one's which? Um, are, are we, we're pot black, are we? Yes, we are pot black. Yeah. So it's jackpot is the other one. Again, I mean, they're, they're dwarf. Uh, we've tried to reduce, almost take away the thorn, to make them thornless, because that's traditional with aubergines. They can be a little bit fearsome when you put your hands in to pick the fruit or get rid of some dead leaves. So you just, um, it's got that sort of ouch factor in it if you're not careful. We offer sort of three colours in that. We have uh, emerald isle and ivory as well as the, as the purple. And if you're into this cooking business, you'll need a bit of basil to go with the tomatoes, and you're in that world too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we've got the um, floral spires um, in in two colours, which would sit nicely on your window. Uh, Again, it's pleasing on the eye. They produce flowers. One is a white and one is a lavender, as well as aromatic, and um, they're of the Genovese type. Basil, larger leafed, and uh, you can certainly harvest them to your heart's content whilst they're sat on the window in your kitchen. Aristotle, I like because of the yeah. shape. It, it's almost like a miniature box ball, isn't it? Yeah, you only need one ceiling in a pot, and you get a you get a lovely round ball shaped by mid late summer on it. Uh, that's what they call a Greek basil. Uh, again, it's very aromatic, and uh, it's 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 got thousands of little. Um, sort of growing points on it for it's very free branching people can't believe it's just one plant well i can't believe you know how how compact and shapely it is when i've grown it on our kitchen windowsill yeah and then you've got you've got a chive a chive which tastes of garlic is that right yeah garlic chive that's uh i wouldn't say it's very common but you do come across them around about now it looks like the traditional chive but it's um, it's Allium tuberosum, I think, is the the, the species to, to for that one. Uh, and, and what is your cultivar called? Uh, um, do, I, do I remember gigantic? Yes, I think that's right. I think you're you're correct. Yeah. Um, I, it escapes my mind at the moment, <laughs> but I think you're pretty pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to move you on to cucumbers. And you know, I say it, it's a it's a fascinating list of compact. A container and patio fruits and vegetables. Yeah, the, we got two um, again, it, uh, two cucumbers. They, they're bred again to be dwarfs, so smaller foliage. Uh, they produce a smaller habit more, and the fruits reflect that that they be between sort of four and six inches in size. Um, Petit Q is the um, the slicing cucumber, and Petit Pickle is the one more suited for for pickling. It's got a rougher rougher skin, uh, more knobbly on the outside, more like an old-fashioned one. And they they will both produce male and female flowers, so um, they'll need pollinating to, to set. Right. So just um, keep the door to the greenhouse open, or if they're out on the patio, they're, they're, our lovely friendly pollinators will soon find their way in to do the business. Now, Chris, if people listening want to find these, how do they get information? I mean, things like red skin will be listed in a lot of the sea catalogues, won't it? Yes. Um, we've, you know, over the years, it's been very much taken up and supported by our, our English associate sea companies. So Sutton's and Thompson and & Morgan and uh, King's here in Essex uh, will we'll, we'll have them as long with Chilton Seas, Plants of Distinction, 
they all catalogue those varieties as seed or as plants. As I mentioned earlier, B&Q have, have got them in store now in, 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 as park-grown plants if people want to go out there and get them. They're in their 23-centimetre pot range, bright green. Well, Chris, I wish you well. You know, as, as uh, we do this interview, I think you're busy preparing for the Hyde Hall Flower Show, but by the time people hear us, uh, that will have come and gone. I hope you have a good week there. OK, thank you, Peter. It's been lovely talking to you. <laughs> You know, the number of shows are reducing as we get well into the summer. But on the 10th of August, it's the Riddle Village Summer Show. I mean, that's just a very nice little village, a good community event. Uh, I'm sorry I can't make it this year. Um, but I believe my name is on the cup for 1955 when, as a student, I entered some sweet peas there. Uh, can I also take the opportunity uh, to wish uh, my working colleague here at The Sun, Arthur Edwards, a happy birthday on the 12th of August. Happy birthday, Arthur. Hope you have a good time with your family. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast, and thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.